Hey everyone, this is Christopher Chansey, creator of Theater of Heels. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to check out this and my other projects on my website, ChristopherChansey.com. If you're interested in supporting my work, please take a look at my Patreon at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. Patrons on all tiers are granted access to my podcast two weeks before they go live on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and more. Check it out in the links in the descriptions. Thank you for the moment of your time. And now I present you with our story. Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heels. Intermission 1, Missing Time. Stay tuned, folks. We're just getting started. He rewound and replayed the clip. Princess Crash sat there bruised, bleeding, and battered, yet defiant as she stared directly into the camera. Weatherman hovered behind her. His lightning lit her silhouette ominously. Stay tuned, folks. We're just getting started. He sat back in his desk and murmured, Apparently so. He absently ran his fingers through his tangled hair and beard as he watched the video continue. The feed cut back to the hero report, where the news anchors Monica Beach and Victor Tango looked around uncertainly. Victor's devil-may-care facade vanished as he demanded, What was that? Could someone, for the love of God, tell me what the fuck? A voice off-camera shouted, We're live again! Victor's eyes bulged as he stared at the camera, like a roadside deer greeting an oncoming car. Monica recovered first. We apologize, folks. Unfortunately, information is scarce now, but apparently, Princess Crash and her partner Weatherman weren't finished with today's events. As we have exclusively witnessed right here on the Hero Report, Princess Crash used her technical savvy to hack into our network satellite. She continued. This, of course, is falling on the tail end of their daring escape from the detention convoy and their chaotic police chase downtown. As we just reported, hours after their escape, Princess Crash released a video of her holding a prison transport guard at gunpoint. In this video, she claimed the prison guard in question had shot her in a failed execution attempt. Monica looked at the camera. Is there any way we can show that image of her ear again? The man leaned forward to watch his computer screen intently as they showed a still image of a helmetless Princess Crash showing off her partially missing ear to the camera. Monica Beach's voice spoke off camera. Although currently unconfirmed, if there turned out to be any truth to Princess Crash's claims, this guard, a Mr. Anthony Brock, will undoubtedly find himself in serious trouble. As of this time, neither the Superhuman Containment Division nor Mr. Brock could be reached for further comment. The image returned to the news desk, and Monica Beek shook her head. Today's events have certainly been stirring. Wouldn't you say so, Victor? Victor Tango gave a start as he seemed to realize that he was still live on television. He glared at his co-anchor for an instant before he schooled his expression. Uh, that's right, Monica. She smiled back at the camera. Stay tuned to the Hero Report and all our social media outlets as this evolving story unfolds. Victor finally recovered from his initial shock and nodded. That's right, Monica. He straightened the papers in front of him before continuing. In other news, the city is buzzing with excitement as Majestic's 200th Founders Day's anniversary approaches. We can confirm that along with the Hero Report's own Monica Beach, several prominent members of the Capes Corps 
will also attend the Founders Day Gala. He touched his chest. I too will be in attendance. He smiled at the camera. It should be an exhilarating night for all. Monica said, I know that I'm excited to attend. Victor said, in other news, the man turned off the video and leaned back in his chair. He reached down and flipped open the journal with a tape note on the cover that read, Property of Carl Davis. He opened it to a worn page with a far side bookmark and began to reread the familiar handwritten words scrawled on the page. August 9th. Today was a long day. Had to people for more than anyone should ever have to. Seriously, how does anyone find having a conversation with one stranger after the next to be anything less than exhausting? Heavy sigh. I guess that's the life of a supervisor. We can't just let anyone into the CAPE score, especially those who we hire into somewhere as vital as the technical support division. Man, I talked to some humdingers today. I mean, I know that we engineering types tend to be less than polished socially, but seriously. I had at least two guys that must have forgotten to shower this week. Of course, most of the candidates were brilliant, but oh my god, there were some really mousy ones too. One of the guys, Dennis, was the size of a Mack truck. Not literally future historian, parentheses, or more likely me in the future, in parentheses. But the guy was jacked, but he couldn't keep eye contact and barely spoke above a whisper, shaking my head. Despite this, his technical skills were pretty on par. Stinky and quiet or not, I think I'll hire him. Honestly, he's no worse than the rest of us weirdos. He won't be the only one I'll hire. There was this one girl who stood out leaps and bounds over the rest. Erica Belfry was exceptional. She had the opposite problem as Dennis. She tended to talk like her mouth was attached to a machine or something. Probably a nervous habit. Parentheses. Shrugs. In parentheses. I get it. The thing is, Miss Belfry is honestly overqualified for this job. A doctorate and three engineering degrees at 17? I mean, wow. When I was 17, I was still... Never mind. Sigh. I'm afraid that she's another one. Another promising tech who hopes to transfer to the Cape someday. Damn. I'm going to have to break it to her, aren't I? I know what the brochures say. I know what they tell those poor gadgeteers, armor wearers, and other tech-based hero trainees at the Kirby Lee Psychic Academy. But the simple truth is, no tech heroes ever make it to the Cape. I have to be careful how I tell her when she starts working with us. I really don't want to break her heart by crushing her dreams. Carl Davis stopped reading the page and scanned the entry date again. He had kept a daily journal since he was nine years old. It was a way for him to stay focused and keep his more intrusive thoughts at bay. Especially when he was young and being bullied all the time for his childhood obesity and his inability to keep his awkward mouth shut. As it stood, he had only missed three days of journaling since the day he first cracked it open on that lonely May 4th all those years ago. And those have been extenuating circumstances involving alcohol-fueled 21st birthday, a car accident, and the night his mom died. All circumstances, he quickly rectified the following morning of each. 
He shuddered as the memories of those times passed before his mind's eye. He glanced down at the page. He may not have been blessed or cursed, depending on who you asked, with a photographic recall like some of the people he worked with, but his memory was still pretty good. However, when he looked down at this page, he had absolutely no recollection of this girl he mentioned, this Erica Belfry. As far as he knew, he remembered the day he had conducted the employee interviews reasonably well. He remembered talking to and deciding to hire Dennis. Dennis was still a quiet, competent worker who, after a careful yet necessary conversation with Carl, realized the value of semi-regular showers. However, for some reason, he didn't hire a second technician as he had intended. Dennis was his last hire, but according to his handwritten and previously forgotten journal, he had hired this Erica Belfry. He clicked a file on his desktop. Immediately, a password protection icon appeared to block his access. Carl typed in the password without pausing. The password blocker dropped, and a video screen appeared on the computer. He pressed play and leaned in to watch the footage. The camera recorded the scene from a high vantage to capture most of his workshop in its view. Carl saw the door of his office open and watched him exit the landing with a young woman he recognized only from the news. There wasn't any sound with this recording, but he zoomed in on the feed. There he was, leading her through his shop like a proud papa. She was smiling, beaming in fact. Although Carl wasn't the best at reading social cues, she looked relieved to him. If he was right about this Erica Belfry, he glanced at the recording timer. It was only a couple hours after her supposed heist earlier that day. The on-screen Carl waved his hand over one of the broken training robots. The thing sparked as it flew together, completely repaired moments later. The now-present Carl grunted. You just had to show off, didn't you? He knew how his powers work. He knew firsthand that doing that amount of technokinesis drained his energy reserves. Past Carl was going to be an exhausted man. Shaking his head, Carl watched as he continued chatting as he gave her what looked like a tour. Maybe even an employee tour. As he reached the door leading to the employee lounge, the Carl on screen opened it. Both he and this mysterious girl stepped back in surprise as Sleek pushed her way into the room. Sleek's hand moved in a flash as she clamped it around the girl's neck and lifted her off the ground. He watched transfixed. As Carl on the screen said something repeatedly to Sleek, he stepped forward looking more and more insistent. He winced as Sleek shoved him back. On screen, Carl flew back and tumbled over the table, knocking over the robot he had just fixed. Then with the courage that Carl had never felt in his life, he watched himself stand up bleeding and point a hand at Sleek. Sleek's hand sparked, causing her to release the girl to the floor, gasping. Sleek spun around and aimed her forearm cannon at him. That's when Block and Spearhawk entered the room. Block pushed Sleek's cannon down. Carl watched him silently argue. He wished the camera had sound too. From what he could see, Carl was arguing with Sleek in front of her boss, Block. He leaned forward. This was when things got more interesting. Everyone save the heroes and Erica froze in place. He and his employees stood frozen in time, oblivious to anything around them. It was as if someone had just turned them off. 
If Carl couldn't see them breathing, he wouldn't have thought that they were alive. Of course, there he was, standing there with his hand to his head, midway through mopping the blood pouring from his brow. Carl unconsciously touched the faint scar within his hairline above his forehead. Carl watched with interest as Weatherman glided into the room from the air vents. His storm cloud morphed into a middle-aged man Carl had only seen on the website Theater of Heels. That was when the other man in the dark suit casually walked in. Considering how the others acted, they apparently didn't see him even as he walked right past them. Other than his obscurity, there wasn't much about him that seemed unique. He had a pinched, petulant face with eyes that darted everywhere like a rat. Yet despite his relatively insignificant appearance, the man in the suit carried himself with an air of self-importance. Carl watched as the petulant man turned to face the group and speak. The still conscious ones jumped in surprise, confirming to Carl that they had just noticed him. When they did, all of them, save Block, took up a guarded stance. Of course, it was hard to think of anything that could intimidate the stone-skinned giant. The rat-faced man said something. Instead of fighting the known supervillain, the heroes, the strange girl, and weatherman made for the tech base exit. Once they left, a flash of light erupted. Three men and four women appeared in the middle of the room. They were also dressed similarly in dark, prestige suits. In the background, the other workers started moving again. They turned around and shook their heads, disoriented. Carl watched himself on the screen, touching his bleeding forehead with surprise. On screen, Carl and his fellow tech lab employees looked around at the sudden newcomers in their midst. One of the women, a dark-haired lady with her hair pulled back in a tight bun, touched her temple. The workers and himself immediately froze in place again. Watching this, Carl sat back and caressed a faint scar on his head as he watched them work. The newcomers started to fan out and clean up a part of the lab. Another man picked up the heavy robot that fell on the floor. At the same time, the bun-haired woman approached each worker and touched their foreheads. Each time she did this, the person in question stiffened as if punched in the skull before they visibly relaxed. After a few minutes, they finally paused to gather by Carl, who was still bleeding. One of the men set to bandage his wound. They frowned as they seemed to discuss what to do with him. Even though he reviewed this video multiple times, Carl suppressed a shiver. The same question echoed through his mind. What were they saying about me? Finally, they reached some sort of consensus and gathered around Carl. Another slight figure man held up his hand. Everyone around him froze. That's when the man's eyes glowed with an eerie blue light, and he stared directly up at the camera. Carl shrunk back from his screen. It was almost like the man was staring directly at him. The dark-haired woman asked him something, and the slight figure man looked away. The spell was broken, and Carl relaxed. The group gathered around a rotund man who grabbed the on-screen Carl's immobile shoulder. Then there was a flash of light, and they were all gone. The Carl on screen had also vanished. Activity returned to the room, Except for this time, no one acted like anything was amiss. Carl closed the video tab on his computer. There's nothing else to see. His mind, as it always had, 
reeled with question upon question. He had just watched the most intense and exciting day he had ever had. It was a day they had no memory of at all. It had everything to do with those mysterious figures in the suits and this Erica Belfry girl. Carl shook his head as he considered the mind-boggling implications once again. The others didn't react to the petulant-looking man when he obviously walked past them in the throes of their intense argument, almost as if they couldn't see him. Then everyone else in the room, himself included, seemed to be frozen in time, not once, but twice. Carl could only reason that this dark-haired woman and probably the rat-faced man were telepaths. He scarcely heard of anyone claiming to be a telepath these days. Everything he had read said that psychic abilities were rare, which was weird considering how many he had run across during his college days at Kirby League Psychic Academy. They seemed to be everywhere there. On the other hand, he had never heard of anyone with any kind of telepathic abilities serving as a superhero. In fact, he couldn't remember any telepathic villains either. Now he had a video of not one, but two possible telepaths in action, except when he checked his other security feeds. They showed nothing out of the ordinary, just a typical day in the tech lab, except no one else knew about this security feed, except Carl. Years back, when Carl suspected a problem employee was stealing items from the shop, he personally installed this new camera in secret. His new camera had worked. He caught the employee stealing and was able to fire him. He meant to take the camera down after the fact, but he never gotten around to it. Nor did he tell anyone else of its existence, including his superiors at the Capes Corps. Then the day of his car accident happened. At least, that's what he hazily remembered. On his way to work, a car crashed into him, causing him to spend that morning in the hospital. He thought it was how he had gotten the faint scar on his head. However, the next day, when he groggily came to work, he decided to check the lab security feeds. It showed him nothing out of the ordinary. He was going to let it go from there, but then he checked the secret footage on a lark. That's when Carl's worldview imploded. His footage left more questions than answers. Questions that regarded missing heroes, villains, and other individuals related to the Capes Corps. All of it was centered around the whispering of these darkly dressed individuals. Individuals that according to his brief video, had the authority to order a villain and known heroes around. Somehow, he had a run in with these figures and lived to tell the tale. Except he didn't remember the tale, nor where they took him during his mysterious missing hours. He shook his head as he clicked another file that brought up two pictures. Somehow, his run-in was centered around one person. He stared at a picture of a young girl smiling at the camera. He asked aloud, Who are you, Erica Belfry? Or should I say, Princess Crash? Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater Heals after these messages. Next time on Theater of Heels. Now safely back in their headquarters, Erica and Jefferson take a moment to collect themselves. As they reflect on the night's events, Jefferson has a startling revelation with devastating consequences. Tune in next week for Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Chapter 5, 
Sigh of relief, shudder of pain. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChansey.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at Patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.